1: Hey, welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Rotogrinders.com. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Ed, Blender HD, whatever you want to call me. It doesn't matter uh, as, as long as I'm on top of you in, in the contest. It, it doesn't really matter. You can be right below me. It's perfectly fine. And whatever lineups I have, you're below me. You, you take whatever prize is there. Right. We got the YouTube chat going. Right. Daily Fantasy Sweat is here. Right. A bunch of other people, uh, as, as we always do on the DFS pregame show. Uh, it's free content here on YouTube. Is that uh, go over yesterday's slate? Uh, strategic decisions that top players made. Uh, things that you could have done. I mean, obviously, yes. Yesterday uh, we, we have we have a lot to talk about yesterday, and then we go over a today's slate, like a, like a kind of a first look strategically for GPP, uh, especially what we have. Uh, we have how many? How many? Let's see. How many games? We have nine games. We got some news still out, right? I, I'm looking at the the injury report here. We still we still got Luca questionable. We got Aiton questionable. LeBron questionable. We got a plan. We got a ton of questionable, doubtful. This 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 report is stupid, right? Things could change by by the uh, by the by the end of the day. So, uh, although a lot of the stuff that uh, we talk about, I sh- I'll show on the screen is a uh, premium content here on Roto Grinders. Uh, you, you should get it. I mean, forty bucks a month. Yeah, and and now we're getting into the to the the part of the season where. Like, it's going to be NBA, then it's going to be MLBs coming up in 16 days. You got the Players' Championship. You got the golf. You got golf all the time, but now there's a milli in golf. And for one price, you get everything. So why not, right? You get everything. Lineup HQ, you get one of the best optimizers in the business. Lineup builder, you get all the tools, all the content, all the everything. Um, I mean, this is free. So, I mean, if you you want to just hear me, I I guess you could just do – it was just me, but I but I use premium. I've used premium since uh since before I was even at Roto Grinders. So I eat my own dog food. So get it. And if you and uh, if you're playing on Fanduel, I know I, t- I talk a lot about DraftKings. Uh, the the Fanduel single entry series by Roto Grinders is uh is kind of kind of winding down over there. So uh, uh, good payout structures, got a low rake. Go over there if you're playing on Fanduel today. Look for the single entry series. And as always for the DFS free game show, type your questions into the chat, into the YouTube chat. I I answer everything, strategic questions, uh, whether it be on yesterday's slate, today's slate in general for DFS, uh, primarily for NBA. I mean, once uh, MLB comes around, we'll be, I don't know. I don't know what we'll be doing because there'll be slates during the day. I I don't, I have no idea what the schedule is going to be. So just, I participate in the YouTube chat. I know a ton of people watch this later. I know a ton of people listen in the podcast feed but uh, the priority is the people that show up live right that show up right and for the people that show up uh as you know i don't drink coffee anymore but i i do got i got my mango I got my mango smoothie you want to keep it cold you hit that thumbs up button actually what we're going to do since the coronavirus is a is a, is a big thing if you want to if you want to protect yourself if you want to Im- immunize yourself from bad lineups you hit the thumbs up button right is, is that a is that a good way to tie current events in or something like that? Yesterday, right? Yesterday with the Bucks, right? You want to immunize immunize your lineup for that if, if you played them. That this is why late swap is is very important. Now that's going to be the theme of this review. Late swap is important on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you just screwed, right? On FanDuel, yeah. Sorry, Fandle, you just, screw, right? Fandle, yeah, <laughs> Fandle, you just uh, who cares, right? You're done, right? So so uh, so I don't know how everyone did. With the Bucks yesterday in the chat, right? Jose Flores says last night was crap. Right? Here's the show. Middleton and Divincenzo killed me. How didn't I see the lineup change? Is awful. Or teams could just wait ten minutes before tip and tell us who's playing. Right? So here we go. Right? Because we had the first game. First game went to double overtime. Right? The Hawks and the Hornets. And then uh, eight forty five comes around. We already knew that Bledsoe was 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 not going to play. Right, before lock, right? We even had I mean if you take a look, I I brought up the, the slam jam, the fadeaway, and the and one on DraftKings, the 222, the $15 large real GPP, and the $1.20 max. Even if we take a look at like like Bledsoe, Bledsoe was still 3.9% owned in the in the $1.20 max. Like he he was he was out, like before lock. Like you're not playing Bledsoe. You would expect with Bledsoe out and Giannis out. That you are playing Middleton, Divincenzo, Burke, Lopez. I get it. Then at eight forty five, we saw that uh, none of them are starting. Right there, the starting uh, well, it was: uh, Sterling Brown, Wes Matthews, Pat Connington, and Antetokounmpo, right, Giannis's brother, and Robin Lopez. Once you saw that, you should be you should be hair on fire, right? On DraftKings, on FanDuel, you're just sitting there, just crying, right? Because there's no late swap on FanDuel. But on DraftKings, you should immediately be swapping out. I mean, you should. I mean, they didn't get they they were active. All these players were active. They just didn't play. When in doubt, if you just see, if you've seen guys that are like the 12th guy on the bench starting, like all the guys that that you even they, they they weren't gonna play. I was I I was not expecting Middleton to play, Divincenzo to play, or Robin Lopez to play. So if you, I know some people. I know we see even even amongst some of the top players, some of the top players still kept some shares, a decent amount, kept some shares of Dante DiVincenzo because he's like a mid the mid. He's playing because because Giannis is out and like he's not necessarily a full time starter. So maybe he's gonna just play off the bench. But when you're starting Sterling Brown and Pat Connaughton, I just I, I can't see why wouldn't they just play Dante DiVincenzo in the starting unit. So. So I, I I don't know why you would do that. Middleton, if he's not starting, he's, he's not playing. They're not playing these guys off the bench. Brooke Lopez, if he's not starting, he's not playing right. Robin Lopez, they activated DJ. Well, Wilson, like, I don't know why anyone kept any of these guys unless it was by accident, unless you just didn't late swap. But I would have immediately that the, the red flags, the, the alert bells, the whatever would have went off. And, I would, have, I would have been late swapping all of my shares. And then trying to get Connington and Sterling Brown and Giannis's brother. I don't, Kyle Korver ended up being their leading scorer. I don't know how much Kyle Corver I would have had, but I would have had some Robin Lopez. I would have had some of those guys if you switch off. And we could see the difference between the stakes of, like I say this every damn show you're playing lower stakes take it the late swap advantage is so dr- dramatic on draftkings i mean take a take a look at middleton but even in the 222 he was 30% though. so even the even the players that he got zero he didn't play but look the difference between the 222 29% the $15 fadeaway was 47% and the and one $1 twenty max was 55.7% right Him and DiVincenzo were the two highest owned players on the slate in the one, in the and one, right? 55, 54, neither played. They got zeros, right? We're not even, we'll we'll talk about Norm Powell in a second, right? Who got injured three minutes in. Believe in Brooke Lopez, 9% in the 222, 17% in the $1 and one. So if you're playing low stakes and you see 845 comes around, I mean it doesn't matter what stakes you're playing. Once you saw that the lineup was like that, you should have been get, getting rid of all, all of your all of your Middleton chairs, all of your Dante DiVincenzo Vincenzo stairs. Although I see I see some amount of point in maybe taking a shot. Maybe he will play. I wouldn't have. It's a three game slate. There's not many options you have. The thing is that in those late swap opportunities, obviously the first game is already gone. You know, you can't play anyone from the Hawks to the Hornets. So you have to find swaps to the, the Raptors and the jazz game. And, uh, the, the natural swap for Middleton was, uh, was Norman Powell. So uh, I know a lot of people did that. I was in the premium discord yesterday. If it, you gotta be a premium member to be in it, right. They're talking all the time. we got a slate strategy channel. we got another NBA channel. we got tons of people in there. Well, tons of premium members discussing stuff. NBA wise, uh, but there was a lot, a lot of people were switching over, Middleton to Powell. And then they switch over and Powell gets injured three minutes in and he gets zero points. So, I mean, it happens, right? Things happen. Uh so it really depended on uh what what positional slots you had available when you had to switch. Because I mean If you just have Middleton left, I mean, you're going to try to find – if he's in utility, you're going to try to play like Donovan Mitchell or something. That's where we see a lot of ownership on these Jazz and Toronto players, higher than they were originally, right? Like Serge Ibaka. I mean, he's just center eligible, so he didn't really affect you that much unless you were playing Brooke Lopez. But, I mean, uh, if you're switching off to a lot of these guys, you're playing – you're paying up for Jokic. you got to pay up somewhere. Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry. Because if, if you have, let's say, you have Middleton and Lopez or something in your lineup, I mean, you can, you can just have so much salary. So you're going to have to switch to guys in, in the other game. That's why the Hawks uh, Hornets guys didn't really get affected by this ownership switch because you couldn't play them anyway, right? And it turns out Chalky P.J. Washington didn't do well. Uh, uh, Bridges didn't do well. I mean, it's a three-game slate, so, I mean, a lot of people are going to be Chalky. I mean, everyone's going to be 30 40% owned. So it, it didn't take much to do well yesterday, other than like if you lay if if all you did in GPP yesterday was late swap and not play any Divincenzo, Middleton or Lopez, the likelihood of you cashing of you cashing was for, it was dramatic. I mean, look at the combined ownership of these guys. I mean, there was there was there was over in the and one twenty max. It was what between any, if let's say you didn't play Powell either. So you have 32, 55, 54. That's 110, 142, plus plus uh we got Lopez. Right, Lopez is around here, plus another 17. Yeah, I mean, you got like 150 plus percent in, in dead ownership and just dead, nothing, right? If you if if you faded, if you if you played swapped and didn't play Middleton, Lopez, and Dante DiVincendo, and you didn't have Norman Powell on the lineup, and you didn't cash even then. I don't know who the hell you were playing. Who could you possibly been playing? That you didn't even cash, right? Seemed like the easiest thing. Of course, you had to avoid all those guys. But that's what you need to do. I I stress it so often on DraftKings. Don't you get late swap, late swap, late swap. The lower the stakes you go, the more you should be paying more attention, right? Be looking to late swap even more. Oh, this guy's in the starting lineup. I'm not talking about injuries. I'm talking about late starting lineup changes. I'm talking about late rotational changes. This guy went from, you know, probable to questionable. Maybe he doesn't play. So you take a shot on the guy that benefits. It's more beneficial at the lower stakes because we see. Look, yesterday was a prime example. I mean, prime. 15 minutes before lock, finding out that, like, no one's starting for the Bucs. To see the difference between the Middleton ownership up and down the, the, the levels is dramatic, is dramatic. There's there are still, t- still tons of top players that got stuck with Middleton, got stuck with DiVincenzo or intentionally played him. So there's even people at the high stakes that just like, uh, oh, they went out or something. They didn't check. I have no idea. And they didn't even get to it. I know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna harp on these, these. I'm gonna harp on these concepts over and over again. When we get to baseball, obviously the late swap is gonna be less important. But basketball, I mean, come on. Okay, let's go back to the YouTube chat. As always, post your questions in the YouTube chat. Okay. Matt Hobson asks, I've been practicing MMEs. Can you talk about roughly how many players you have in your pool for small slates compared to large ones? Uh, It depends on your risk tolerance. There is no correct answer to that question. You could decide to say I want to play these seven guys in every lineup and then rotate one in. If that's the strategy, that's a high variant strategy because obviously all set you have seven players at 100% exposure. Let's say you're playing a core of four players at 100% and then rotating the other four. You can do that. But you could also play, you could play 30 players and have no player be over 50 or 60% exposed and have a much more diverse player pool. You could do either. There are certain slates that maybe you decide that, that someone, someone is such a good play that you're just going to take 100% of them. Well, that means you, have, you don't have to have as much of a player pool because let's say you're taking a power forward and he's just going to be in all your slots. Well, you don't need any more power forwards anymore, right? Because he's taking all the slots. Let's say you, you're doing that at small forward also. So it condenses what you'd be using as a player pool. But that, you have to decide that strategy. There's no correct answer. We look at top players every, every time on this show, and certain sharper players play very – you see that it could be a nine-game slate, and they're playing, like, 21 players. And you see that, like, six of them are 70-plus percent exposed. And then you look at another top player, and they're playing 46 different players. And their top one is only, you know, 58 percent exposed. One isn't wrong and one isn't right. The whole, the whole point, like I always preach on this show, is you're building lineups, not choosing players. Building lineups of eight people in it. If these eight people over here, if this is a good lineup, and these eight people over here, they're completely different, is also a good lineup, then what does it matter, right? They're, they're independent of one another. You just want to build good lineups. So if you build 20 good lineups, they could, they, you could have good lineups with all the same construction. With a core of six players. You can do that. Just understand that if you miss on one of them, you, all your lineups are dead. Right? If you if you if you played PJ Washington for six points in all your lineups yesterday, you didn't do well. You could have done that. I did, there was no reason that, oh, you want to go all in on PJ Washington? go. Okay. That's what you want to do. You people if you want to go all in on, on Pat Connington with the late swap and just say, screw it, give me all the Pat Connington. You only got 9.75 points. You didn't you didn't win. You didn't do well. But if that's your strategy, you can. Or you could decide to go, well, I'm going to go some Connington, some Sterling Brown. I'm going to go some both of them in the same lineup. I'm going to go uh, Miles Bridges, Mike Conley, and Trey Young. But in other lineups, I go Mitchell and Devontae Graham. You could do that. You could play some lineups with Rozier and Graham together. You can play some lineups without them together. There's no, there's no correct answer to that question. It depends on your risk tolerance and how much diversification do you want in your lineups, but the individual lineups that you're playing are independent of one. another. So you can decide you can play 10 lineups and have them tall 10 different types of lineups. This with this construction, this with this player, this with something else. And you can't tell, so, well, I only have this guy in one out of 10. Is it worth playing one? Is the lineup good? Then that's all that matters. Your, your player exposures and the amount of players that you have in your pool is all, is all dependent on your diversification and risk tolerance. There's no correct answer of what makes you more money from an expected value standpoint. They're all independent of one another. Consider it just like a stock portfolio. You could decide and go, oh, I think these three stocks are great investments and put all of your money into those three stocks. Or you could say, well, I'm going to take a more diversified stance and put it into 30 different stocks. One is it's not one is not better than the other. One is safe, probably safer than the other. You're lessly you're less likely to lose all of your money diversifying, but it's also less likely that you make a, like an absolute ton by like if you play ten lineups and you're like you're playing seven pl- same players and then one each. Like it's, if you hit on all seven players, it's quite possible that your lineups come in first, fifth, eighth. 13th, like you get like a bunch of top spots and you take down a ton of money, but it's also just as likely to be, you'll be on the bottom. You're in 15,000 as well as seventy one, right? And then you get nothing because half your guys just snowflake. But if you have a diverse player pool, you'll have some lineups towards the top. You may have some lineups very at the very bottom. You're hoping to hit on that one lineup that comes in first place in a diversified player pool. It's less likely that all of your lineups bomb when you're diversified. If you play 150 lineups, like it's quite possible that you cash 40 of them, right? At, at minimum, maybe. You'd lose money, right? You're, you're putting in, you know, $2,000 and you're getting $1,375 back. You lost money. But it's it's less likely with the more diverse player pool that you're putting in 2000 and getting zero or getting 100 or something like that. So that, that's really what you have to think about when it comes to how many players should be in your player pool. Just make good lineups. From from a actually playing the game standpoint, you're just trying to make good lineups. But from managing your bankroll and your risk when playing DFS on a day-to-day basis, that's what it matters. I think that's a good explanation. Brandon Stinson faded uh, Middleton on FanDuel. Would have won in every pool I was in if not for the Powell ankle sprain. The fantasy gods did not want me to win. Yeah, a lot of people did that. Oh, I'm going to fade Middleton and play Powell instead, even without the news. Right? They're just like, oh, chalk Middleton. I'm going to fade. Then Powell gets injured, and you're screwed anyway. Okay. Right people people are people are saying up over here. No one no one said that. Uh, I think someone is saying that they would have gotten some run off the bed. No, we didn't know. There was no news. They were active. We knew that Bledsoe was out and Hill and George Hill was out. People theorize that even though they're playing like the back of the bench as starters, that they would come in anyway. When I when I when I see when I see Robin Lopez starting, you know, like the, all these guys aren't playing anymore. Like they're just not. I I I go from the standpoint of there's, there's no reason for them for. These guys not to be in the first unit. They're not Why would they be coming off the bench and have Thhanasus and the Cupo starting? It makes no sense. So even though there was no news, I would have treated it like they're not playing. Okay. The uh, Seth A says that the fact that a fair amount of people didn't swap and still cashed definitely proves your point that if you switch to anybody, you had to have done well, right? There are plenty of people I saw so in the in the premium Discord that we have for premium members, forty bucks a month, and it's every sport. So if you if you join premium, you, you get the you get premium for everything for MLB and NBA and PGA and whatever whatever it is. But they were talking. People, people were showing lineups that had two zeros. I think there was one lineup. Someone showed a lineup in GPP. He liked Mincash, had three zeros in it. Right? Had middle had, had I think had Middleton, DiVincenzo, and Lopez, and he still cashed. Still cashed with that. I mean, because he probably had Trey he had a bunch, but the bunch of the, the Hawks, Abaca, you know, he had, he had some of the overperforming players. Okay, let's see. I'm just going through the chat. Remember, you can always post your questions in the YouTube chat. k Town's Finest 26 says, uh, how often does chalk play actually pan out? It seems as chalk is not in- involved as GPP wins. Uh, in NBA, chalk works more than any other sport because it's it's, it's iterative scoring, right? It's, ir- you know, no big events. But just understand, you need leverage. You can play chalk players alongside lower-owned plays." It doesn't mean you have to fade all the chalk. You can eat plenty of the chalk and win a large field GPP in NBA because it's much more predictive of a sport. Sometimes there may be four chalk plays and two of them bomb, but you don't know which two it's going to be. So most of the time you're playing, you're, the chalk is chalk for a reason. They're undervalued, news changed, the price is inefficient, good matchup, whatever, whatever it is. You probably should be playing, but you can't just play all the chalk. So you have to find leverage somewhere. So you're not going to win because of the chalk. You're going to win because of your leverage plays. But you still, if, you, if you're going to play, if you're not going to, if you're going to fade a guy that's 45% dome that puts up 8x, like you're probably not going to win a GPP, right? The chalk guy goes off and you don't have him. Probably ain't going to win either. But you're not solely going to win by playing chalk. Okay, going through the chat. Everyone's still complaining about the bucks. I'll show you how some, some of the top top players, right? Take a look at some of the top players here. Uh, I put too many up here. Okay, got to scroll a little. Unicow uh, did well last night. Uh, he didn't come in first, but he came, placed a bunch of lineups in the top 10. But we see, like Dante DiVincenzo. Like some, some like Lovin had, had 60%. Dark Man look 54%. JBC, 9%. So some people still played. Middleton, not as much so. Mr. Goodseed said 6.67. Most most of the sharp players uh, got off of Middleton completely. A lot, and a lot, a lot stayed on, on Vincenzo. I saw a bunch, a bunch of people that had like 90% DiVincenzo with a zero. Then we take a look. Uh, we have any Brook Lopez. See, we even see Brook Lopez. Nothing. Right. If Robin Lopez is starting, like Burke Lopez ain't playing. Right. So we see all, look, look, all, all top players. Look at all these top players, all late swapping. Right. All of them. I found a couple. There was a couple of sharp players that didn't late swap. I'm just assuming that, I don't know, they fell in a ditch or something. Most, most, nearly all, I would say 95% of anyone that played 150 entries, they did late swap. So that's why we see, look, look at Pat Connington. Look at all this Pat Connington ownership. Look, look at all this exposure. Pat Connington, Pat Connington, because who else? Well, well, we had no idea what the hell the Bucks were going to do. Who was going to get the usage? What's going to happen? So most likely you're playing Connington or Sterling Brown, right? So we see Connington here. A lot of people playing Connington because he was also eligible at two positions. Two, And guard forward positions, like shooting guard, small forward, which means he was also eligible at the utility forward and utility guard. It's a lot a lot more spots for them to go in. And same for Sterling Brown. So we see Sterling Brown right down here, right? Tons, tons of ownership, right? He was 14% owned. Look at all this exposure, right? Connington, he was 36% owned. So that shows how many people swapped. Because I, I guarantee you, Connington... Connington didn't have 36% ownership before the news, right? Tons of exposure, right? We even take a look at where's uh, Giannis's brother, as we'll call him. Some people didn't switch to him, but some people did, right? Some more of him. Robin Lopez. Let's take a look at Robin Lopez. Where did he go? Where's Robin Lopez? Okay, here's Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez only ended up being 2% owned, but we still have plenty of late swapping. Scored 26 points. That's pretty good for a salary, right? I'm showing this time and time again that late swap. Look, the edge in late swapping. And I know this is the obvious times because, you know, the Bucs put out a starting lineup and it's just like, woohoo. we don't know what the hell's going on. But you got to pay attention. That's why, I mean, you take a look and like Jokic didn't do well, but he had so much ownership because once you start switching off a Middleton, like you have the money. If you didn't already fill your center spot with a Baca, you could have paid up for Jokic. You didn't already fill your center spot with, I mean, you could have played uh, Rudy. No, you couldn't have played Jokic. Jokic was in the, no, no, you could have played Jokic. He was playing against the Bucks. Rudy Gobert, I mean, he ended up 15% down, but we see a lot of swapping, 42% exposure. That's why, like, looking at these exposures, you could see how, top, how sharp players did switch. Because it also depended on like how much P.J. Washington did you have. Because remember, everything in the first game, you didn't, couldn't do anything about. So if you had Devontae Graham, like like Dark Maniluk, only had 7% Devontae Graham. Only had 2% P.J. Washington. Only had 8% Trey Young. He didn't have that much of the first game. He had 4% Terry Rozier. 1% Kevin Herter. Right, yeah, we could take a look at Dark Look, like he just, he just, he didn't have enough. He didn't have, and he didn't have much of the first game, which means he must have had a ton of Middleton and and Divincenzo. So the only way that for him to switch off a Middleton is to go to Connington, and then you you have tons of money, and then you go up to Jokic. You play a lot of Norman Powell. He got screwed there. You play almost fifty percent Donovan Mitchell, because they did. You only got the Raptors jazz games to choose from. That's why Lowry, I mean, look, Lowry's just 63%. Siakam, 71%. I'm assuming this is not, this is not what his strategy was before the news, but you're not going to just leave 4,000 on the table for no apparent reason. Why not? Pay, why not get Lowry or Siakam? Why not? Why not play Donovan Mitchell? Why Why not do it? It's kind of hard to determine like where, where these players got leverage beforehand, because, this, all of this is, is, is late swap, all of it. So once, you st- once, once you're taking advantage of late swap, especially in situations like this, where you get a lot of edge over the field, it's like leverage, like you're getting leverage from the swaps. Like you're getting leverage by playing Robin Lopez at 2%. You're getting, hey, you're getting leverage by just playing 0%, 0% Middleton. Like look how much leverage you got by fading Middleton and DiVincenzo. I mean, look. It's 100%, it's 100% cumulative ownership on two guys that got a zero. They were the two highest-owned guys, and they scored nothing. If you just swap to anyone that scored a point, you got tons of leverage. So it didn't matter at that point, right? didn't matter who you played at that point. So, oh, you're going to play a Chalky Ibaka or a Chalky Jokic or a Chalky Norman Powell. Or Donovan? Who cares? You, you, you had, you had, this whole bunch ownership is on guys that are that are zero, that nothing, that aren't going to going to play. You didn't have to worry about the leverage at that point. Maxwell Governor, how did they know to get off of Middleton? Because we we got the starting lineup at eight forty five Eastern. We we got that. We got that. We got the starting lineup. We Middleton was active. DiVincenzo was active. Brooke Lopez was active, but when they announced the starters, and it's Sterling Brown and Robin Lopez and Zanisanti Tendagouba, I mean, what else could you say other than they're not going to play? So that's why, that's why, that's why everyone swapped off of them. Okay, surprise! Joker was so much higher owned than Trent. No, joke. Jokic was only higher on because he was in the, the later game. And when people are switching off a of Middleton, they have salary and they're going to put it somewhere. So there's going to be Jokic is going to be Siakam isn't center eligible anymore. So maybe a lot, a lot of people I'm assuming a lot of people had like a Baca in their center spot. And then they just went down to DiVincenzo and then they went up to Jokic. I have to assume that right. Cause or they had Gobert or something like that. Most likely they P.J. Washington in a power forward spot. So, I mean, that's, that's the reason why Jokic's ownership was that high, because of all the late swaps. Jokic probably was, before that, less than 30% owned, probably maybe 28% owned, which is fine. But it came all the way up because people had the money. Oh, uh, Luis Jose Lopez asked, best way to figure out the chalk while using lineup HQ? Look at the projected ownership. That's the easiest way. Right? If, if you're using a lineup HQ, that means you're a premium member. Right? I mean, if we go we go to the player pool, I mean, uh, it's not updated now, this early in the day. Well, let's see. I'll reload. There, here, present ownership, projected ownership. This will change throughout the day. Re- remember, we're looking at 11.31 a.m. So you just look at it. Who, how you know who's going to be the chalk? Take a look. There you go. DeRozan, Harrison, Lyles, Brian, I mean, now if Luke is out, this will change. If LeBron is out, this is, I mean, things change. Projections change throughout the course of a day. That's the easiest way to know what the chalk's going to be. Ralph Malik asks, do you think Coach Bud gets fined for that move? I don't know. I don't care. What does it matter? It's DFS. I don't really care about the actual basketball. Who cares? Yesterday's over. You lost yesterday. You lost yesterday. So be it. I'm looking at today. I know that Zach Levine's out. look, look at, look at this. This is just, this is stupid, right? Look at this. <laughs> okay. We know Zach Levine is out. Jalen Brown is out. Malcolm Brogdon is out. Okay. We kind of, we kind of do that. Luca, right. Wrist brain. I'm treating like he's in current. I mean, but we're it, it, seven hours before lock. We don't have to make decisions immediately. So Luke is probably out. Uh, uh, is questionable. Aldridge is doubtful. Aiden is questionable. I think maybe they keep him out. LeBron is questionable. Maybe he, I don't know, does he play? Steph Curry is questionable. Fournier is out. Deontay Murray's out. Draymond Green's out. Seth Curry's out. And then we got the, the ones that we kind of already know. Jaron Jackson. Oladipo's questionable. Garland's out. Ubrey's out. Tristan's out. DFS is questionable. And then we kind of get uh, who cares the who cares level of who doesn't matter if they're out. So that's why we're looking currently. I ran uh, 300 lineups that, that I normally do, just default projection type settings, right? I don't think anything's changed. Uh, 10:58, man, nah, maybe sl- maybe something slightly changed. Just to take a look at what popular constructions will be based on our projections, okay? I'm going to run. I'm going to run another. Should I run another? Nah, this is good enough. So we're going to see DeMar DeRozan. We're going to see Thomas Bryant. We're going to see some, I mean, we're going to see a lot of the Spurs stuff with Murray out. So you may have Forbes, Mills, White. Shaq Harrison probably is going to be popular uh, with Levine out. And then he's going to come in for Saturansky. I don't know what the Bulls have. No one. They're not playing anyone. Right, Kobe White is starting now. Marketing's back, but is he worth anything? I don't know. Looks like the payup options are Westbrook and Luka. You can get some Troy Brown Jr. against the Knicks at 3,700 off the bench. you can going to still get Matthew Vedova. I mean, it's still at 4,000. Delavidova is still absolutely playable. Some DFS if, if he's in, right, at 3,700 maybe. I mean, this is just a preliminary. I'm just looking. Looking at the at what positional-wise, what's most likely happen? Because right here, I take a look here. This is a point guard. Looks like point guard's a payoff position, right? I know Shaq Harrison's eligible at point guard, but you're probably going to use him in the small forward spot. So to me, when I see Luka and, and Westbrook so high in the point guard, I'm like, okay, it's a payoff. It, the likely construction will be currently. Currently, I mean, remember, we news happens. One thirty, things change. Five thirty, things change. We have no idea, but currently, I'm looking at pay, point guard as a pay up position. Shooting guard looks like more of a pay down position. Playing a Troy Brown Jr., Della Vidova, Patty Mills, and then obviously you got hard. If you want to pay up, you have Harden there. Shooting guard looks like a pay down position. And go to small forward. You got a lot of DeMar DeRozan. Right. De- DeMar DeRozan. You got Shaq Harrison, DFS, Troy Brown Jr., Covington. Okay. So you're going a lot of DeMar DeRozan ownership. Power forward. Covington. Seems like a weak position. Power forward seems pretty weak today. You got Covington, DFS, if he plays, and Trey Lyles. Kind of. Right. That's what it looks like. Not much else. I mean, unless you want to pay up for a Randall or something. I guess you can or some bonus. Doesn't look like a pay-up position. Then it's center. Center's, ugh. Yeah, Center center's not, not bad. I mean, obviously AD would be great if LeBron's not in, but we don't even know that. Uh, but it looks like Thomas Bryant, even though, is he going to play more? I mean, he only played 16 minutes against Miami, but, I mean, that wasn't a competitive game. Right? I don't know. I'd almost rather play Trey Lyles. So tra- Thomas Bryant's the type of player with his with possible minutes limit. I mean, it's moving up that if he's popular, I'll fade him. And if he's not popular, I'll play him, right? It's one of those types of players. But center does not look appealing. It's the nine game slate for crying out loud. How come we, we got nothing? Nothing. I mean, I guess Wendell Carter Jr. Can you play? Say he'll be on a minutes limit also. And he's not really even doing much. I mean, I guess you can, but this is what I'm looking for. What construction types are there? And this is something that you could do seven hours from now because all this stuff could change. Just showing how I approach, like what types of lineups will be, like you have to figure out what types of lineups will be chalky in order to determine how to make contrarian lineups. So that's why I know that a lot of people play GPPs only and they go, oh, I don't play cash games. I don't play double ups or head to heads. But a lot of times playing double ups and head to heads, if, if you're a good cash player, you're good at identifying chalk constructions, which makes it easier for you to play contrarian and GPP. So that's why I play both. I play cash games. I play GPPs. I go, okay, this is what the more likely, once you start researching and, and figuring out ca- your cash lineup by looking at optimals and you go, okay, look at the first one here. Westbrook, Forbes, Brown Jr., Covington, Brian, Delabidova, DeRozan, Luca. This is like a stars and scrubs, right? Luca and Westbrook are both over 10K, and you go, okay, this is a stars and scrubs build with this kind of, this kind of, uh, with a Luca Westbrook. Yeah, you can play both of them. But then you go down here and you see Harden. You see, here's another stars and scrubs kind of build. Here's another stars and scrubs kind of build. Here's another star. I mean, it's a lot of stars and scrubs types of builds. And if this is gonna if this is going to be chalky, this type of build, I'm gonna think in terms of maybe I don't play Luca, Harden, Westbrook together. And I try to make something that's less stars and scrubsy. Doesn't mean completely not star. I mean, you could you could still play expensive players. You could still play. LeBron James, if he plays, you could still play AD at 9,800. You could still play Kawhi against the Warriors or Vooch against Memphis or something. Lillard against Phoenix. I mean, there's a lot of games going on today. Those will be contrarian options instead of playing Luka and Westbrook together, who seem to be the better plays at that range. But I want to see what the constructions are. I don't want to, I don't, what I don't want to do necessarily. I mean, you can, but I I go against it is going, oh, I'm going to play this type of lineup and then replace uh, Russell Westbrook with AD or something like just change one of them. But I'm still playing Bryn Forbes, Troy Brown, Thomas Bryan, Delevedova. I'm still playing like, like so much of this value chalk. Maybe I don't do that. Maybe I go down further and I change. For informs to Derek White, instead, do something something construction wise different. Instead of paying down for Thomas Bryant, I'm going to pay up for Vooch. I'm going to pay up for Randall or AD or Whiteside or something, and then I can play whatever I want because I've gotten the leverage by changing my construction. This is what I'm looking at. This is how this is the, this is the strategy of DFS. This is the game theory of DFS. I'm not trying to predict. Who's going to do well? I don't try to predict that at all. That's what we have projections for. You could look at projections and go, oh, Luca, anywhere between 41 and 81. Okay, great. Smash percentage, 38%. Okay. Seems, Seems pretty good to me. Doesn't mean I have to play in a lineup and just say, okay, he's that type of player in a lineup. Maxwell Gover says if stars and scrubs go balanced. Yes, I mean changing your construction will naturally be contrarian. If you if you know what the chalk construction's gonna be, changing to a different construction, you can still play good players. You can still play chalky players. But it'll force you to have to play players that give you leverage. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna play, you know, Chalk Delavedova or something like that, if you're not gonna play uh DeMar DeRozan, then you can play a different construction. That's why when people ask about what's the pivot? Like it's better to think in terms of what's the different construction rather than like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna play seven of the chalkiest players and just one of them I'm gonna flip. It's like you're, you're not getting enough leverage. So don't think in terms of players. Think in terms of lineups. I know I say this all the time: lineups, not players. And everyone's still, everyone's still tilting in the chat over the Bucks. It's over, people it's over. If you want, if you want Budenholzer to be fined, hit that thumbs up button. Okay. How about that? Well, that's a cheap ploy for some thumbs up on this video, right? Who cares about my mango smoothie being cold? If you want Bud, if you want coach Bud to get fined because you lost money yesterday, go hit that thumbs up button. Who cares? Right. What does it matter? It's yesterday. It happened. It's over. You're done. Focus on today. Donnie Watson asks, because everyone pays down at center, would you consider double paying up at center? Like Vooch and Drummond or something. Yeah, yeah. That, you're thinking in the right direction. Yes. Would I particularly do that? Maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't pay up twice because now you're getting even more leverage. If everyone's paying down at center and now you're paying up twice at center, you're getting a le- you're getting more leverage. You can, that that There's no correct answer to that. question. Like, you can do that. That's one of the 300 strategies you could take on this slate. That's one of them. So you can do it. I don't think you're stupid, but you're thinking correctly. Because you don't have to do that. You could be like, well, instead of playing DeRozan, I'm going to play Derek White. And then instead of paying up at point guard, I'm going to play two cheap point guards and pay up twice a cent. Like thinking in those terms, just thinking of how do I get different? How do I get different? If people are doing this, I'm going to do it like this. Doesn't necessarily have to be a complete like, oh, my God. I ever, I'm going to fade like all oh, the, the top shot. I'm going to fade. I'm going to look at, I'm going to fade all these guys. All them, I don't want any, I'm going to just play like everyone that's 8% off. Like you don't have to do that. But think in terms of if this is going to be a popular construction, can I just change my construction a little? So I'm playing more of the guys that are like in this range, ownership boys, all you have to do is simply change your construction and you get leverage right there. So thinking that way, I commend you. That's, I think that's what you do. Oh, Wallace says, don't think you can go Stars and Scrubs today at all? Too many mid-range options available? No, I mean, I just showed you. Based on our projections, you could, I mean, the, I don't think, that, I don't think these, these options are that bad. I don't think Trey Lyles is that bad. I don't think Shaq Harrison is that bad. I don't think Troy Brown Jr. is that bad. I don't think the, the cheap Spurs guards are that bad. Della is not bad. Did, 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 does it make me, am I excited? No. But I don't, I, don't think I don't think they're horrible players. I don't think they're thin. I think they're, I mean, they're not great, but not, I, don't think, I don't think they're that thin. I think you could do Luca Westbrook type alignments. or Harden or something like that. I could see it. It depends on what's going to be chalky and what's not going to be chalky. Right, that that's all that matters to me. If, if, if I see that it's going to be chalky in GPP, I'm more likely, I'm more likely to play more mid-range players. But if if you're correct and it's like, oh, it's going to be more of a mid-range build, then I'm more likely to play stars and scrubs builds. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. That's why I'm looking. I mean, it's 11:45 in the morning. I don't. I'm, this is just preliminary. This is stuff. This is stuff that I would look at at 5:30. Eastern after that injury report go, okay, now, now this is what I'm looking at. So like right now, like, the, I'm just showing you the process. That's why picking out like who to play is not that important at 1145 in the morning. So everything could change in the matter of an instant. Ralph Malik says, I always err on the side of more leverage. I think it's underestimated in general. Yes, I would agree with you. I'd, if if you're playing GPPs and if I was if I'm teaching you how to play GPPs well the large field ones especially, uh, I I think it's 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 more of a mistake to play all chalk than to play like too much, like too risky. You're aiming for first place, so like that's where all the equity is. If you're playing the min cash, you're gonna lose money in the long run. You're gonna feel like you're cashing more because you are. You're cashing for 1.5x and. You know, oh, I cash like half the nights. And then at the end of the season, you're down 800 bucks and you go, where'd that money go? It seemed like I was cashing. Yeah, because you've never, you've never got a top five finish because you're playing too much chalk. Private Pre asks, MME builds. Do you prioritize quality plays or make your pool with the eight man build in mind? Having a few studs and cheap guys per position. Having trouble with a hundred team builds and not going back for cheap guys. Well, it depends. I mean, I don't, I I prioritize. I mean, of course I prioritize quality plays, but it doesn't mean I have to put them all in the same lineup. So like, for instance, on today's slate, for instance, let's say I do, I. it's not like I'm avoiding these guys. Let's say DeRozan, Harrison, and Lyles are chalk. Let's just say, it may not be. I'm just going to say, maybe I don't play all three in the same lineup. Doesn't mean I'm not playing them. Just means I may not play them all in the same lineup. I may not play Brian with them. I may not play Bryant and Brown together. I may not play Harden, uh, Luka, and Westbrook together to get away from, from popular lineup constructions. But it doesn't mean I'm not playing those players. Just I'm setting up groups where I'm, I'm going in and I'm setting up in lineup HQ or in whatever optimizer you're using. You could do this in, I think, every every lineup builder. I, do, I use lineup HQ. But you set up a rule and you say, I don't want to play Luke and Westbrook in the same lineup. And then you're done. Then you don't have to worry about that build. You say, oh, I don't want to play out of, out of Harrison, Lyles, and Bryant. I want to play two max out of the three, but not all three. You make those types of groups so you get away from the chalk constructions. Doesn't mean you don't play these players. You're playing 100, you're playing 100 lineups. Like you're, you're asking private pre if you're playing hundred lineups, you can, you could easily, you could still play 60% Jack Harrison. You could still play 80% DeMar DeRozan. You could still play 20% Trey Lott. You could still play these guys. Just don't not, not don't make a lineup with all of them together. You could program that in, in, lineup HQ by just using the groups. There you go. So yeah, I prioritize good plays. Yes, I do. I will play good plays in NBA jockey plays. I play more often than not in NBA than any other sport but it doesn't mean I have to play chalky lineups. I can play chalky players in large field GPPs, but just not chalky lineups. Remember it's about lineups, not players. Yeah. DeRozan has been a huge disappointment during this time. Yeah, I know. I know going back to DeRozan almost, almost seems like, uh, but I mean, he did well. I mean, he got 42 minutes less. He's got 40, right? 43. 43. Right, he's seventy four hundred. So, but what if he gets if he gets forty? You're fine. You're good. No one ever wins except petty theft, Mocklovin, and the other sharks. No, didn't win yesterday. Most of the sharks lose ninety percent of the time. Okay. Michael Cass asks, "What is chalk?" Oh, I, I guess I, I got to go back to DFS one hundred and one. Chalk is uh is highly owned players, popular players, players that people are using. Demar Derozan is going to be forty six percent owned. That's chalk. That's what that that's what that term means. Pairing Harden and Westbrook might be viable today. Many paces blistering. You can. I don't. I not at their prices. Yes, obviously you can. I mean, look, typically you don't pair Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier together, right? Typically you don't, and they double overtime, I and mean, you need both of them. So, yeah, yeah, it's, but you could, but it's a nine-game slate. I don't, just don't see a reason to. I wouldn't be doing it. But, I mean, yeah, there, there is a percent of the time that both Harden and Westbrook get 70 points together, like, at the same time, in the same game. There is a percent. I just think it's very low. It happens. It will, it, it will happen on occasion. I just think that the percentage is low enough for a nine-game slate. If this was a three-game slate like yesterday, okay. There's not many options, so why not? In a nine-game slate, I'm not, I'm not inclined to play Frick and Harden together at all. I mean, it's viable, yeah, but it, it's not a high, high probability in any sense. Uh, only thing worse than Spurs is the tanking Spurs. I think the players still want to play well, so come on. How much leverage is too much leverage? Oh, that that that's a tough question. I mean, if if you if you're if like your entire lineup is 2% owned each, like you probably it's probably too much leverage. Like that that that's a complicated question to ask. It depends on the contest that you're in. Typically in NBA, you do want to play chalk. More often than not, Chuck succeeds in NBA because it's not an event driven sport. You can't no one can just play four minutes and get 40 fantasy points. Right? In NFL, a wide receiver could play one play and get an 80-yard touchdown. In baseball, a guy could go one for five, but his one hit is a grand slam. And, and like what one, one event, you're there. Basketball doesn't work that way. So typically the good players, the, the, the inefficiently priced players, as long as they get the minutes and the usage, they, they're going to get there more times than not. You shouldn't be thinking of how much leverage is too much leverage. You should be thinking of how, what do you have enough. Once you get to the point of having enough, then you don't have to worry about it anymore and just play the best plays. And yes, did I just say most of the Sharks lose 90% of the time? And Yes, and that would be accurate. Most uh, did, you could you could even you could look you could look results DB, you could export the CSVs, uh, download the CSVs, and analyze the 150 max players, the players that play 150 max, like we did right here. These players, right? It's so like if you go, if you go into entries ownership. Let me toggle full screen. You could sort by all the pl- people that had 150 entries. Like all these 150 entries, right? To play in the uh, 350K fadeaway, 100K to first, it's a $15 entry. So 150 times 15 is how much? $2,250, okay? So Tinky Tyler right here, $2,250. FJ Bourne, $2,250. That's how much they spent, $2,250. All these players, $2,250. Now go through all of those and see how much return? Look, there were how many players? Like it looks like about 40, 40 or so, right? So that are 150 entries, the max entry. Now go in and see how much they how much they got out of their 150 entries. 90% will have under 2250. They lose ninety percent of the time. That's, that's, I mean, this is, this is MME play. That's, that's exactly, that's exactly true. People don't understand that. Of course, they're great players. So one of their 150 entries will appear in the top five often enough that at the end of the season that they make money. But that, the ROI could only be like 14%, 8%. So it may seem like, oh, Utica, oh, he won the 100K this time, and he, he won the 100K three times this year. But, he, I mean, how many 2250s went down the drain? Because there's, what, three slates out of 180 slates. So you're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose 90% of the time. Not lose all the 2250, but you'll lose 800 here, 1200 there, 400 here. Then you hit once, and okay, I, I got all my money back, and then some. And then you go down, and you go, oh, I got all my money back, and then some. That's, that's what it is. People that talk like, oh, if you play uh, if you play 150 lineups every night, by default, your chances are increased substantially. Okay. How about if I play 150 bad lineups? Let's say I play 150. Let's say tonight I play lineups that have uh, uh, James Johnson, Sheldon Mack, Landry Schmette. Uh, Wenian Gabriel I'll play a ton of Wenian Gabriel Brad Wanamaker I'll take a shot on I'll, I'll play 150 lineups so I mean I'm guaranteed to win right it says Scotty Peasy says it's simple math guys I'm, I'm not saying anything that isn't true why Donnie Watson says why do people not accept that the pros are just better than they are at DFS yeah they're they're playing 150 good lineups. Well, most of them. Some of, some of them have some garbage. So some sometimes you see some of the top players have garbage lineups thrown in to their 150. Like they're just they're doing stuff. They're brute forcing some stuff on a day to day basis. Like like yesterday with all the late swaps. Like you're you're stuck on some play. I mean, sometimes you just brute force stuff. And like sometimes I'll play 100 lineups, and I'll like it gets to the point where. It's two minutes to lock, and I just have to accept what I have, and it may include twenty lineups that I'm not proud of. That I'd look at it and go, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that was that was optimal to do. You know, playing three two percent. I got guys together playing two chalky guys playing a construction. I'm like, if I was just looking at this, I probably would have changed it. But there's two minutes to lock, so at least I got eighty lineups that I'm proud of, and twenty maybe I'm not so proud of. So that happens in times. Okay, so anything else in chat before uh, get out of here? Because not much to talk about. I know it's a nine game slate, but we got major news. Luke is out. It changes everything. I mean, Luke is out. I mean, what, we got to play Hardaway. Because what, Delon Wright? I mean, because we got other guys out for the Mavericks. We got to see. We got to see what's going on with Curry. We got to see what's going on with LeBron. This major news here. So, like, what what are we gonna what are we going to talk about? I mean, just the process. That's why I'm just showing you the process. Donnie Watson asks, uh, "Well, I wonder how much salary was left on the table with late swap last night?" Yeah, I mean, dude, you could have left. You could have left like eight thousand on the table, right? You could have. I mean, take a take a look at the highest fantasy points. I mean, we could just take a look. Trey Young obviously was a spend up option. Well, I mean, no, I mean, if you had the thing was you had needed to have people from the first game. But look, Kyle Korver was 0.37% owned. Caleb Martin was 0.78% owned across these three. Joe Ingles was 3%. But if you take a look at the top scorers on average, they were quite owned, right? For for a three-game slate, Trey, Graham, Rogier, Siaka, Ibaka, Collins, Lowry, right, 26, 27, 37, 24, 22. I mean, they were owned enough, right? just a matter of avoiding avoiding the landmines that's really what it came down to if you just avoided the bucks you probably did fine and avoided powell's injury what makes them pros because they spend 2k on 150 lineups to the fantasy country no they build good lineups people like uh like finding excuses on why they don't do well instead of Realizing that other people do well because they actually know what they're doing. I'm a profitable player. I've been a profitable player for going on five years, four and a half years right now. I don't even play 150 lineups. Oh my God. And I I still do. And I play primarily large field GPPs and I've won a bunch of them and I've won bunches of them. I've won with playing three or four lineups. Just build good lineups. But I mean, the sample size has to be large. We're talking you playing NFL it's 17 weeks. NBA is like 180 slates. You're just playing three lineups a slate for 180 slates. Your natural expectation on winning one GPP is like once every 30 years. It's just a small sample size. It's just small. 180 slates is still small. So if you're playing 150 and you're building good lineups, you're just realizing your EV quit. But you could still just play three lineups. You could play one lineup. You could play any amount of lineups you do want. Martin De Jesus says, "As uh, any new player to DFS, you're finding it better to focus on 20 entry max rather than 150 max to hone my lineup building skills. So yeah, no, that's fine. I don't think it necessarily depends on the contest that you're playing, but just the number of lineups. Understand that I started, I hand-built for two years. Okay, I played NBA DFS without using a lineup builder. I play hand built three lineups, then five lineups, then ten lineups. I hand built twenty lineups. I would play the twenty max. I would play. I would hand build all twenty. Once I got good at building good lineups and strategies and everything, then I then I started to learn how to go into lineup HQ on Roto Grinders and program so I could make more of those types of lineups. So instead of like, it's going to be too hard, especially in NBA where things change in ten minutes before lock. How do I build fifty lineups by hand? It takes forever. So I'm going to learn how to do it using the lineup builder. I'm not letting the lineup builder choose anything for me. I'm just programming it so it builds me the lineups that I want to have. That's why when I build rules like I'll, I'll, my player groups, I can have twenty six player groups today. Don't play this guy with this guy. Don't play that guy with this. If this guy, don't play that. And this guy then back and forth, just because that's how it, I would hand build. And I'm just letting the lineup builder hand build those lineups for me. That's what I'm doing. Well, you could just hand build. That's perfectly fine. Learn how to play DFS well first and then scale it up from there. So it's not the number of lineups that you play. It's building good lineups. Build one good lineup. Build three good lineups. Be five, 10, 20. And go from there. You don't have to start with 100, right? Most people they, oh, I'm just going to I'm not going to put any exposures or anything like that. Just give me the uh give me 50 optimal lineups. Yeah, they have no leverage. You're not winning a GPP that way. You're not. People do it. Take a uh, download the CSC, you'll find plenty of lineups that look like the uh, people put it into uh, their favorite optimizer, default projections change nothing. Right? Said, oh, okay, I want to have at least 50% of this guy, and then ran it. And I'm looking, and I'm looking at, like, 50 lineups that all look like double-up-type lineups. Like, it's like, okay, you played pretty much all the chalk for all these lineups. And you want, oh, you cashed a ton. Okay, great, you cashed a ton at 1.5x. You're not winning anything. You're not coming at first. I don't know why you do it. Are we getting MLB pregame also in a few weeks? I hope so. They don't tell me anything. They don't tell me anything. I have no idea. I just look in the schedule. Oh, okay, I'm on. That's, that's all I know about. But I, I do, but okay, according to Devin, we're we're continuing the show into MLB. So we get to talk about vomit stacks with me. Because you know me, if there if there's a if you get a one to five uh one to five stack, five man one to five, and it's 20k or less, I'm playing it. I'm telling you, I play it. G Pitcher? 5K pitcher. That's that's uh, that not horrible. I'll I'll play him. I'll play him also. We'll talk about that for MLB. I mean, you can't wait for basketball to be over with this garbage. The stuff that's that the Bucks did last night. You're going to see more as we get into April. Every team is going to be like that, right? The teams that are out of contention. Just, well, who knows who's going to play, right? Every day you'll be that. So get 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 uh, get skilled up on baseball. I know we'll be doing some Roto Academy videos for for baseball some how-tos, some how-to-use Lineup HQ. There are new features coming for MLB, new upgrades for Lineup HQ for the Lineup building. Uh, so we'll be doing a Roto Academy stuff, Britt, I, Britt and me and some other people. So uh, you can only get that with premium. So sign up for premium. RotoGrinders.com slash premium. Join us in the premium Discord. There's tons of people in there. They're all, what, what's everyone here? Okay, they're yelling about something there's a couple of channels the MLB channels going on the, the back right Derek Cardi's in the back channel there's a ton of people there for 40 bucks a month you get everything so it's not sport related It's like 40 bucks NBA MLB PGA NFL whatever you know the core sports that Rhoda grinders offers so join us join me in there at reply me when you're in the discord and I'll say hi okay Wall well, Street the last question At what point do you create your player pool early in the day? No, no, I did the the injury report. I wait until the final, the 5.30 p.m. Eastern injury report. Assuming that the slate is like a 7 p.m. slate, right? A normal type slate. I don't create my player pool until 5, until I get that injury report. Because that typically, 5.30 Eastern is when all those questionables, whatever, that turns to doubtful or we get word from some beat reporter or something happens then. Right now, I'm I'm just looking at based on what we have now, what's like the likely chalkier constructions and types of players. That's all I'm looking at now. I'm kind of waiting until five thirty. I can't wait for baseball, but you don't have to really like wait. Right? You may have to wait for some like lineups, but it's not like it's not like people sit or get injured all the time. Right? Pitchers get scratched fourteen times. You don't get that in MLB. So I can't wait for that. So uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think Tuttle's on tomorrow. I think I think he's on tomorrow. I'll be back on Friday. Okay, so, so it's two days without me. Some, for some people, that may be a good thing, right? Some people don't like me. Some people like me. If you like me, hit the thumbs up button and let, let me know. I want to have more thumbs up on my shows than for the other shows. And uh, it seems like you guys did a good job because my mango smoothie is still cold. So uh, so uh, until I'm back on Friday. We still have shows, right? Uh, you got Grinders Live today, 5.20. Right, you got crunch time for premium members, so tune, tune, tune into that. Subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed, and uh, that's been another episode, another edition of the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.